0: Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: It's really deep work because you start to look at everybody as a reflection of yourself. And if I don't like you because you're disrespectful and dismissive, And I, if I'm doing shadow work, then I would go, oh, wait, I must be disrespectful and dismissive. There's something in me that I don't like it in them and I can't see it in myself. So they're holding the mirror up,
0: right? Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect Souls And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back. On my blog this week, I am sharing seven simple tips to have a deeper connection with your partner. Relationships need our time and energy, so please click the link in the show notes for direct access to this blog post. Janna Wilson's childhood was chaotic and terrifying, and during a night of domestic violence when she was just 12 years old, Janna had a spiritual experience that confirmed to her at the deepest levels that she was not alone and that she didn't belong to these souls her parents. She understood in that moment that she was a soul having a human experience. This event informed Jana's life moving forward as she went on a journey to heal her traumatic past and unravel all the emotions and programming that were holding her back. A huge part of that journey was doing shadow work. Shadow work is an important piece of the puzzle to understanding ourselves and in this quick chat episode Jana gives us an easy to understand explanation of what shadow work is and how spending time looking at your shadows will change your life. We pick this story up as Jana is describing how by the time she was a teen she was working from the subconscious belief that I am not safe.
1: And so my operating system was one where I viewed myself and the world wasn't safe. I couldn't trust. And then of course, I am trash. I'm bad. I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough, which are common, you know, false beliefs that we adopt as children. And so of course I attracted men to abuse me. I was raped in college. I was naive too, you know. I didn't I didn't really understand not to leave my drink with some stranger and they could put something in it. But, you know, I just took those events as, well, that's what happens to girls like me, because you know, that's that matches my operating system. I'm trash, see? Trashy mm-hmm. girls get raped. They dress bad. They brought it on themselves, you know? So I just imploded, judged myself for that event, continued, you know, to keep attracting mentors in college, got a job with Maybelline, traveled around the country, learned more on that job than I ever did in college and found a book that fell literally off the bookshelf. It was called You by this woman, Frances Wilshire. This is out of date. It was written, copywritten in 1935. One of the chapters, 1935. Can you read
0: that? Three vital laws, the law of attraction. Oh, wow. 1935.
1: So I was really on this kind of metaphysical path. And, you know, it was like I was a voracious sponge and all these teachers and all this You know, teachings were coming to me and I was really growing fast and ended up getting pregnant at 22 and decided to have my daughter. I'd had abortions. I had a lot of shame around that. When I got pregnant with my daughter at 22, I realized this soul, I felt a connection is my teacher and that she's been my greatest teacher and my only child. And she's, there's a picture of her and I, but but yeah, it was a, it was a game changer. And I was like, okay, I've been doing the work. Now it's time to really roll my sleeves up and do it because this baby isn't going to do what I say. She's going to do what I do. yeah. And I want to make sure I'm a model to her, a role model, and that I inspire her to love herself and be the best that she can. And that's when I started getting into inner child work in my twenties.
0: Wow. Well, that's incredible that you had that sort of insight at 22 years of age because you know usually when you have a baby at 22 you're floundering right you'd even whether you've had trauma or not I mean it's very young so at 22 you've been through all of this and yet you've got the ability to say that you're going to do it differently for your daughter and you're you're yeah yeah, I
1: wasn't even married I, I for the first seven years I ended up living with my mom and raising her and it's one of the things I'm passionate about because essentially my mom was a single mom as well, is helping single mothers. We give, we have a foundation, we give retreat scholarships to single mothers. I really want to support women who take on that. And because you know, it's not easy mm. at all.
0: So do you think it was just that you were so open to learning? At 22, you're already finding the law of attraction. You're already. Coming up with all of these lessons so young is it is was it that experience at twelve that kind of allowed you to have this idea that there was more
1: absolutely I mean mm. that's you don't you don't have an experience like that and come back the same way, like I said, my mind everything was so expanded, the truth when you hear the truth or you you know it sets you free. I had a sense of freedom. I would default to that experience. I, anything that happened that was negative in my life, I would always default to, oh, remember, you this isn't your life. And what did Jesus say? Be in the world, but not of it. Deepak, my teacher, Deepak Chopra, even when he's teaching the Vedas, you know, the primary thing is we suffer because we don't know who we are in the Kleshas, You know, this goes back 6,000 years. These reasons we suffer. Buddhism was birthed out of it. You don't know who you are. I knew who I was at 12. I knew I wasn't just a human, that I was a spirit having this human experience and that these earthly parents weren't per se my parents. They that, you know, I was contracted with these souls. So I started to know things like many lives, many masters. That book came to me in my early 20s, again, changed my life. Because being raised Christian, reincarnation is, you know, obviously they don't believe in that. And so, you know, but for me, whether we know it's true or not, it's a mystery. It helped me heal because Don, I began to look at myself like, well, what if this is true? What if I chose those parents because I had lessons and maybe karmic debt, I owed something from previous lives. I paid it now. I did all that in my childhood because there's some greater work, some greater thing that I'm supposed to get out of those lemons and make the lemonade and do something spectacular with my life. It helped me look at myself, Dawn, through the lens of I'm a badass soul, like not shame anymore, not like, oh, I was terrible childhood and I don't want anyone to know that. You know, it took me a while, even in my early thirties, I was still hiding it. Oh, I'll just look pretty. I'll drive a nice car. I'll get successful. I'll have money. Nobody will know. But of course, everywhere I went, there I was. So the past was coming with me. So that's what led me to shadow work, which is, you know, a big chunk of the emotional healing system is teaching people how to embrace those stories from their childhood, those identifications, those false beliefs, how to love and accept every part of yourself, right? Light and dark.
0: Can you just explain shadow work a little bit more?
1: I'd love to. So, you know, we live in a world where there's a subject-object split. I'm the subject, there's objects. You're my object, I'm your object, right? So we most people live very object referral, meaning they look outside of themselves for approval, recognition, you know, love, everything. If we were all raised self-referral, then our, our reference point would be our soul. It would be, I'm good just because I exist. I'm lovable, I'm deserving, right? So we're not, most of us, you know, raised on that spiritual path with that kind of high level of emotional intelligence. Our parents, you know, let's face it, it doesn't come with, parenting doesn't come with a a book, right? And we're not taught emotional intelligence in school. I wish that would change. But so shadow work is now, I'm engaged in a relationship or I'm having something happen outside of me, the objects and another person. And and we usually say it. we get triggered, our buttons get pushed. There's something that we dislike in someone else. And it usually gets our attention. I do want to say though, it could also be in the light, the positive. Like we get really excited. Like I love the work you're doing. You love the work I'm doing. You and I can project our shadows, our light shadows on each other. We don't because we own them ourselves but you know there's people that we admire and we oh i wish i could be like them well if you see it in them it means it's a reflection of something within you mm-hmm. that most likely is dormant that you haven't built the muscle in order to you know behave that way or you haven't became that yet that's where we have sayings like fake it till you become it right or fake it till you make it so shadow work is when you know, it's, it's really deep work because you start to look at everybody as a reflection of yourself. And if I don't like you because you're disrespectful and dismissive, and I, if I'm doing shadow work, then I would go, oh, wait, I must be disrespectful and dismissive. There's something in me that I don't like it in them and I can't see it in myself. So they're holding the mirror up, right? So then the way Debbie Ford, my teacher who I trained with, she was a New York Times bestselling author. She wrote A Dark Side of the Light, Chaser*, Secret of the Shadow, Best Year of Your Life. She's written a lot of books. She passed away in 2013, but I was very lucky. I was partners with her, my ex-husband and I, and I was on staff and I traveled the world with her and I really learned shadow work. I think from a master, she was really good at teaching it and dumbing it down. So you could understand it in practical terms. And this is what she taught. The first thing, when you are, your buttons are pushed, you're affected by something. You ask the question, what kind of person would do that? You identify, what is it that's bothering you? Well, a person who is disrespectful or dismissive. We get triggered too when people judge us, you know, when we care what people think. We really don't. We only care if we agree with them. So that's another way of identifying shadow. What do I think they're judging of me? Oh, they think I'm a bitch. They think I'm rude. Okay. Then you go to step two, own it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey.
2: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Have I ever been that in the past, maybe presently, possible future, given the right scenario. Like, listen, we're not murderers, but somebody tries to kill me. I'm in self-defense. I might kill somebody, right. Or might tries to kill my children or right. So there might be a murderer in me. It's dormant and I hope it stays dormant, but you see what I mean? There's that part. So when owning it, you, you really have to get out of the ego. And this is why it takes a really good teacher to work with someone to help them see that maybe you're in a relationship with somebody who's disrespectful, dismissive, abusive, say, you would never be that way, but then you turn it on yourself. Am I that way to myself? And if we got in someone's head, of course they abuse, they talk, you know, disparagingly to themselves internally. They put themselves down. They, that's abusive. Abuse is abuse, right? We can't say, oh, because they're doing it one way doesn't mean it's the same. It is. It's still the same quality. So using the example of disrespectful and dismissive, I would say, oh, there's sometimes I'm disrespectful to little Jana, to my feeling self. She's feeling something and I'm like, let's have some wine. I don't want to deal with you right now. My emotions, that's abandoning. That's abusive to myself. It's disrespectful. Disrespectful. So once you are willing to take responsibility, you know, then that step's not so hard. And then you turn to embracing, which is a third step. That's where you literally love and accept. And I relate with it as a wounded child. The part of me that behaves acts out, you know, that's arrested, developed, that didn't develop because of the trauma from childhood. Maybe they're arrested, developed at three or four or six or 10 or 13 And these parts come out. Now we're an adult, but we're acting like an adult child. Mm. And then once you can love and accept and realize, oh, that's just little Jana. She has reasons to act that way sometimes, bless her heart. And I love her and I need to go to her because I've been pushing her too hard. Work, 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 no fun, no play. And she acts out. I, I do something stupid and then I recoil and I'm mad at myself that I maybe drank too much or I you know, I said something mean to somebody or I snapped and right. And that's the time where I take responsibility and that's the reparenting piece where I go in, connect with the little wounded child that's acting out and say, what am I doing that's making you feel this way and behave this way? Oh, well, you're telling me I'm an idiot and you're telling me that, you know, you don't want to listen to me, and you just want to work me all the time. You start to realize, and you bond with yourself in such a deep, powerful, powerful way. And then when you bond with yourself, Don, it's like you know it. It's a love, like self love. That's it's not about ego or anything. It's just I always tell clients to get a picture of yourself. Like here's one of me, and I look so. Sad, you know, I'm at the park swinging, but I just look so, and I look at this, my heart just floods with what the pain of that child was going, and I, it's up to me to rescue her and give her the life she deserves.
0: Mm. Now, yeah, I love all of that. So, do you think that that is the key? Like, I mean, obviously, people struggle so much to overcome their trauma. Do you think shadow work is the key to that?
1: Oh, I I think it's huge. Because otherwise you go into blaming. And that's how, you know, there's four ways we abandon ourselves. in the way I was taught, one is stay in our head, analyze everything. Your feelings don't live in your head. They live in our body, right? Number two is we push ourselves harshly. I do that perfectionism. You know, that's kind of my propensity. I, I, that's when I'm abandoning my emotions, I'm doing it by push, push, push. Achieve, 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 work, 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 you know? And then third is addictions, you know, substance process. It could even be positive. Oh, I'm going to meditate over it. I don't want to feel right now. That's like the child's crying and you're like, just shut up. I'm, I'm over here meditating, you know, like, or I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to go run. Like, no, if you're doing those things to, you know, not feel, it becomes an addiction to not feeling Mm. Of course, drinking, sex, shopping, gambling, all of that. And then the last one is blaming. And this is what creates victimization, right? It's not my fault. I'm not taking responsibility. Other people did it to me. They hurt me. Certainly there has been times in my life where I was a victim, but how long I stayed in victimhood was up to me, my responsibility. Mm. So as soon as I made that shift and I started to realize that, and looked at everything like this is Earth School. I'm here to learn lessons. So everything that happened, I would ask, "What's the lesson?" And as soon as I began to ask the question, of course, the universe supported me, and everything started to orchestrate to show me, "Oh, here's the lesson. You're being a caretaker. You're putting other people's feelings above your own. That's why this happened." Or you know, that kind of seems to be a reoccurring theme for me anyway. And most people I talk to, you know, they they're in codependent relationships
0: hmm that's really simple isn't it just to ask constantly what what is the lesson what is the lesson yeah. and I I do do that myself but yeah I think a lot of people yeah. get a lot out of just asking that one question when you know throughout throughout the week whenever anything is changing when it whether there's kind of trauma or chaos or it's about the finding the lesson and and learning the lesson, really. Right. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. And then bless the test because soon as you are aware of the lesson, of course, you're going to get tested because that's what happens in school. Did you really get the lesson? Let's yeah. see. <laughs> Let's test her. So it's kind of like, you know, this imagery of like you're walking down a path, a road, and you fall into a hole. And it takes you a while to dig yourself out. And finally, when you dig yourself out, you're like, okay, I'm never going down that road again. Very next day, you go down it again, you fall in the hole, right? It's just like this repetitive. And then finally, you transcend the to the point where you're like, you see it, you know, a mile away. There's that road with that hole. I'm not going over there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at mybigloveproject and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique. And you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious, and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum.